Thank you for listening to another episode of Today on SNTR Presents. And today what we're talking about is the Outriders campaign. Now, during this talk, I will be reading through responses to a poll. At the end of this, I'll do my 10 minutes. In my 10-minute talk, I am going to get into some some pretty you know minor to significant spoilers, so that's your warning. During this read-through... I can't guarantee a comment I read might not have spoilers in it. I will do my best to not read spoilers. So you're getting kind of a quasi, you know, I'll do my best not to do that. So if you're listening to this in the other locations, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. That is where we do these discussions and these polls. And I asked I asked the uh, the audience. I said Outriders campaign, what did you think? 800 votes. We had a little bit of a stronger vote turnout today. Usually I start these recordings. We're at about five or 600 votes. Uh, already 800 vo- votes. And 51% say good. 38% say average. 11% say bad. So roughly 90% are saying it's average to good with about a 10%. You know, one out of 10 people are saying it was bad. So I actually thought more people were going to say it was bad than that. So I'm actually kind of impressed. Let me read through these responses now. Bella, with the first response, says, The bad dialogue doesn't bother me as much as the weirdly placed swear words. It's like they wanted to add profanity to give it a raw feel, but they weren't sure how to go about it. Completely agree. This conversation is one of the most interesting parts about the discussion of the campaign, the dialogue, the writing, and the narrative, because people think that... I'm bristling because I don't like swear words. I have no problem with swear words. I swear in my personal life. I no longer swear on the gaming channel because we feel like if you're going to hang out here and get a safer work stream, you should be able to go to my other stream and have the same experience, especially because we go over there earlier. But I have no problem swearing or or hearing swear words. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. None of those things. it's, It's not that. It's that from a writing perspective, it felt at many, many times, it felt super awkward. It felt forced. It felt like somebody said it best yesterday they're like it's like when a a kid first discovers swearing and they don't really know how the words function and so they just kind of pepper them throughout their uh throughout their language it did feel oftentimes awkward and forced it also felt like they were going for like tough guy speak and i know some people defended it and they were like well they're on this planet they're scared it's like listen i've watched movies before uh where they're in combat and they're in war and everyone's swearing and it's crazy in this game a lot of the times they would deliver the swear or the or the foul language it would literally just be them standing around or them looking at something and saying it in a very sort of flat not super emotive way it always felt odd to me it was like wait I don't understand that wasn't even super intense like if you're running and there's gunfire and someone's like what the bleep is going on that's not quite the same as being like walking in a room like what the bleep is that who's this bleep what's that guy over there doing what a bleep it just ends up feeling like it's like did you have a quota you know what I mean did did you have a quota to hit I've played games before where there's swears and it feels natural. I've watched movies where there's swears and it feels natural. And in this game, there is something really odd about the use of profanity. It doesn't necessarily feel like it fits. A lot of the times, as I said, it doesn't even land with like really strong emotion. So it's like, oh, wow, they're scared or they're nervous. It it feels it feels very, very awkward and kind of cringy. Um, 
and that I'm going to get to that in my review. In my review, I talk about that. I go in a little bit more detail with respect to how it lands with you know the, the characters and the character development. But I, I tend to agree with what Bella is saying. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not bristling like someone who doesn't want to hear swear words. It just it feels like somebody says in chat like an edgy twelve year old wrote it. Like look at the grass f bomb. It it does. It's almost like they had a quota of of f bizzles that they had to drop. I don't know. Um, I've been around guys from the military. I've been around guys who grow up in a part of town or a background or a culture where swearing is natural. Uh, actually, when I worked at the mall, uh, this is years ago. Um, this is when was this? This would have been 13 years ago. I worked in a mall, and uh, these guys would come in, and they were rough. They were rough. They were kind of tough, you know, but they were nice, okay? They were those kind of dudes that just every other word was a swear word. Every other word was, it was like they were constantly speaking out the, you know, the album that they just listened to. And the guy was just either either rapping or singing in just their swear words littered throughout, right? And I didn't take offense because I knew they weren't trying to be offensive. It was literally a cultural linguistic habit that they had formed. And a friend of mine would get super irritated when they would come in. He'd get really angry. Now, a few times when they were children in the store, I'd be like, yo, 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 you guys got to chill. You got to chill on, on, the, on the swearing. And they were always like, oh, 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 my bad, my bad. They always felt bad. But I didn't take offense because I knew it was like, this is how these guys talk. In this game, it didn't feel that way. Didn't feel organic. Didn't feel authentic. It felt forced. Like, hey, we need a swear word here. Drop one. It, it did not feel like that guy who just can't stop swearing. It's just in his nature, right? He was in he was in the Marine Corps, or he was he's he's a vet, or whatever. It, like, it it doesn't feel forced when you hang out with people who that's just sort of their linguistic speech pattern. Um, and this didn't feel like that. So I don't want to belabor the point and beat the dead horse, but even people who swear a lot were like, this is kind of weird. This doesn't sound right. So Teddy replied and said, as a looter shooter, it, it had a good campaign, took 20 to 30 hours at world tier six solo. The fact that the devs kept a major portion of the story from leaking is impressive. Agreed on that front. I really liked that. I really liked that. It kind of felt like um, I was watching a TV show that had gone a full season and they had the big reveal at the end. If you remember watching Lost and all of a sudden there'd be like this big moment at the end. Uh, I remember this 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 game felt a little bit like uh, the TV show The 100 kind of combined with 28 Days Later. And I thought it was very cool how they set the story up, even if there are moments that feel a little weird, cringy, or whatever. I believe the prologue is just literal wasted capital. It's very bad, in my opinion. The prologue is 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 like it was designed by somebody else, honestly. Even the tutorials during the prologue are weird. Um and and because of that, and because of that, I I do feel like they did a good job with the story getting better as it went and I enjoyed the twists and turns at the end which I'm not going to get into it here when I do my 10 minute talk I will so if you're not wanting spoilers you don't want to be listening to that portion of the video Sven said I'm not quite finished yet but there are many times where I'm hooked on the story and then I hear super cheesy dialogue and it takes me out of it Um, a handful of immersion breaking moments for sure there, it, it is weird. It, it, in my 10 minute, I'm going to talk about this and how it, it does seem 
as if certain parts might have been written by different people and so it goes from being kind of interesting kind of cool kind of mysterious to suddenly being sort of what the heck huh what the heck why they say that or or why do they act that way it, it, it goes from having like this serious sometimes almost somber almost mysterious kind of crazy uh you know tone um and it all of a sudden shifts away from that it was almost like they wanted to make sure they wanted to make sure that they didn't take themselves too seriously so the minute it gets too serious you know they're they're gonna they're gonna kind of pull the ripcord and do something goofy something silly kind of cringy um when they do this when they do this it reminds me of uh the Marvel series reminds me of the Marvel uh, movies as soon as it gets kind of serious they want to pull the cord and make sure that they don't take themselves too serious it happens in Guardians of the Galaxy they all commit to something and they all stand up and say they're in and then Rocket's like bunch of jackasses standing around in a circle like as soon as it gets to a point where oh wow this is getting kind of serious this is getting kind of dramatic they have to come in and not take themselves too seriously. And I got that vibe from this game at certain times. It was like, we want to make sure that we get a little lighthearted jab or remark or comment in, in the aftermath of like a serious moment. You know what I mean? They made painkiller gears, judgment, Bulletstorm, which were all gory and had profanity. It's part of their DNA. And I like that. I think there's a lot of uh, the swearing that I always heard in Gears never really felt like it feels like in this game. So, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just a difference in the voice acting, you know? Dom, get down, Dom. (laughs) You know, (laughs) take it. Marcus Phoenix has just got a different tone, maybe. I don't know. Um... Earthos says, I really enjoyed it. It was refreshing having my character speak, unlike some other looter shooter on the market. <laughs> LOL. I Here's what's weird about having your character speak. I was thinking about this when I was writing my review, and I didn't include this in the review, but it's weird to think about. The central character to this game is you, and they had to record dialogue for two different people two different voice actors so if you play as the as the as the male or the female protagonist so i had to record both so it i, I suddenly realized i was like wow it, it might hit a little bit differently when i play through this with my other character because it's a different voice it's a different vibe because the 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 male character is kind of ragey kind of cagey kind of like raw you know kind of 90s john rambo-ish feeling and then the female character is is a little bit different right she a couple of the scenes i remember watching it's like oh this this hits kind of different so it's interesting that the way they tell the story it's 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 good they gotta have basically two different characters that are kind of at the center it's not about you it's about your whole team yeah but we're at the center of it all they find us, we're in cryo, we come out of cryo, we push the we push the envelope, we push for things to happen. We are definitely the lead character. I mean, come on. Um, we're altered and da 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 we're attached to that girl's uh, vision and what's gonna happen. Like, 
we are we, we are very very central uh, to the storyline so we might not be the only character but we're very very central and it is it's a little bit interesting I kind of agree with Max Level Dad I thought the female voice acting was better uh, I thought it was a little bit more genuine I thought the male voice actor got better with time. He grew on me. In the prologue, I didn't know what in the heck was going on. I was like, this feels extremely Bush League. And then by the time we got back to the town and started working on stuff, I, I, he kind of grew on me. I ended up liking him quite a bit more. So, uh, Human type person. I put average because I haven't gotten very far. I know certain things that happen, but not the context of building up to it. I'll see when I get there, but haven't been wowed yet. Uh, a few solid moments on the way. I think there's a few solid moments on the way for you. Um, I think so. Uh, yeah. Some side quests and lore journals are abnormally good. Yeah, yeah. I actually really enjoyed some of the side quest stuff. I did. Ghostwood said, watching your playthrough, it pleasantly reminded me of the B-grade sci-fi flicks from the 80s and the early 90s. Aside from some occasional blips in forced dialogue, the game had cool world-building, environments, and enemy design. I think it has potential to be a great IP that people can fly, can build on. Uh, Agreed on all points. Outriders has lots of potential. I think that's one of the things they did at the end that I was kind of like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, they they could build on this. They can go. They can go somewhere with this. They can uh, they can certainly do expansions if they want, or if they. I, I think they're going to go towards. They're going to go more toward a seasonal model. That's what I think uh, personally. I think they're going to go to a seasonal model with the with expeditions and things like that. I would I would wager to say we might see something in eight or nine months. They said a year. I, I I could see them maybe trying to back that up if possible. They could maybe even have things already in the pipeline that they were they're going to green light for for a ramp up on production depending on sales performance and uh, and the and the projected profit and projected player behavior. Given the peak numbers on Steam that were really really impressive, um, I would I would actually say that they may try to they may try to speed up. Um, some of the some of the extra content. We're having some weird behavior with my bitrate. All of a sudden, it should calm down. Uh, it should calm down. I might I might stop the stream and restart it because we're having we, it's it's really unstable. All of a sudden, we may need to switch ingest servers. It looks like it's stabilized. Might have dropped some frames. Um, I don't know if my voice sounded weird in Discord. Then it's AT and T. But if my voice stayed solid in Discord, then it's likely uh, maybe a YouTube issue. Uh, with the with the ingest server, um, Jimiford says you're right about it being a bit weird. However, it kept me interested. Same, even though it was a little odd, uh, a bit of a blip over here. Okay, then that was AT and T. Uh, it it did. It was a bit odd. It was a bit strange. But at the same time, I, I I think that it was it kept me interested. I was actually this is one of the reasons why I dropped the world tier. People are like, oh, you're missing out on this and you're missing out on that. And I'm like, I just want to know what happens. I, I can come back and do side quests and monster hunts, and I can come back and do modding and crafting. I can do that later. I really want to know what on earth is 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 going to happen. I, I that's just I said it this morning. It's like I don't like my food touching. I look at a game like this and I want to play through the campaign, understand what happens from point A to point B, beginning, middle, end, get the ethos, get the get the, get that like springboard jump into 
uh, into the game, and then I want to do the side quests, the missions, the hunts, and the modding. That's just how I'm wired. I'm a little bit different than maybe some of the people that were thrilled that they could do all the modding and investment in the middle of the campaign. That, to me, is a little bit odd, right? Ordinarily, it's like everything I get in the campaign is usually throwaway. Why would I be investing in it, right? Um... Somebody said something about, I think this game will adopt post-launch content model of Diablo. I actually think that's the most likely format. Yes, I agree with you. So. Um, yeah. I, I would I would say that'll be the format they try to do. Instead of doing uh, riffs, they'll be able to do expeditions and then a seasonal format and, you know, new stuff, new, 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 new abilities, new junk to chase. Um, I could even see them doing a new class. Um, there's a fight in the game. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. There's a fight in the game with a person who I think displays powers that would that you could turn into another ability. Even in the prologue, there's a fight with a guy who's like, it's all lightning, right? I could see them deciding to drop, you know, three or four more classes, and it could be based on some of the people that you fight throughout the, the campaign who display expressions of power and abilities that we don't have. Um, that could be kind of cool because, you know, sky's the limit here. You could do, you could do something that would just be purely electricity. Uh, and it would be based on a lot of the stuff that we saw, um, in that, uh, in that first fight in the demo. So that's not really a spoiler, right? That guy, that guy can put shock on the ground, seeker shock things out there. He can shoot shock bolts at you. You know what I mean? And that would basically be that would essentially be like that guy's class turned into a class that you can download in a in a in an expansion or a DLC. Water Marlin renewing their membership. Thank you so much for doing that, getting that purple badge. Welcome back. The Mipsy said the only real issue was with the choppy slight disjointed cutscenes really killed the immersion. Yep. Uh even on the Xbox One uh even on the Xbox sorry, Series X um, Outriders cutscenes were bad. They were bad. It was it was like I'm not on a computer. I'm not sitting here dealing with DirectX this or DirectX that. I'm on the Xbox Series X, and the cutscenes were abysmal a lot of the times. Weird camera blips, flips, textures acting up. It was super weird, and it kills the immersion. It's like a super serious moment. Someone's like, "I'll get you," and like their mouth glitches out, and then the camera flips. You know, one of the funniest moments that people told me to go do was like the mission where you trick the guy who plays like the Russian roulette game or whatever. And it's obviously kind of irreverent, you know, about, you know, putting a gun to your head. It's a little irreverent. I I found it a little bit like, ooh, uh, that's kind of touchy for maybe for some people, but it is a video game. Um, And, but the cutscene ruined it. The cutscene ruined it. It was like it was so awkward. The camera kept glitching out and 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 doing this weird pan and scan thing. It was so it was wild. It was so bizarre. And I'm playing on the Xbox Series X. It took me right out of the moment. It completely ruined it. And people were like, "That didn't happen to me when I played it." And I'm like, "It's like, dude, I'm not even on PC right now dealing with like a driver issue or a DirectX issue. I'm literally on the Xbox Series X, you know." So, uh. I can get the Raiden. Can I get Raiden from Mortal Kombat? There you go. There you go. Hype Man says, It wasn't the greatest story ever, but it gave me a reason why I was shooting the thing I was shooting, and that's perfectly fine. Yep. 
don't need much for a game like this. I, I, I don't need much for a game like this. I don't. It, 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 send me on a mission, do some shooties, get some looties. That's all I really need. I actually thought the story was better than I expected. Uh, the method the method of storytelling and the writing could have been better, but I actually think the substance of the story and what actually takes place is better than I expected. And I think they delivered on the on the mystery, right? There was definitely like mystery in the beginning when you played the prologue. You get this vision of this girl and you're like, what is going on? What's happening? There's these big monsters out here. I felt like they delivered on that mystery. I do. I, I thought it I thought it it was it was again it was better than I was expecting. And uh, and, and the truth be told, it doesn't need to be that good. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be that good, dude. It's just a looter shooter, you know? Um, and, and in order, in order to, to, to tell a story in a game like this, you generally just need, you know, good guys, bad guys, and the people in between. That's all, that's all you typically need. We're going to go kill these bad guys. We're the good guys. We're going to work with good guys. We might work, work, work with uh, some people in the middle, you know? <laughs> we might work with some people in the middle. And you know, I, I think it I think it's good. I think one of the things that they they did was they didn't really establish who's right and wrong. It was just we gotta get this done, you know? And that might be one of the reasons why it it, it got a little awkward at times, cause I don't know, you go from feeling like someone's your sworn enemy to all of a sudden like your buddies. It's like kinda funny. <laughs> um but no spoilers, no spoilers. Hex Hex Legatus says, I'm saying good for now. I haven't completed the campaign, but I look forward to the remains of it. Um, I think the Outriders campaign gets better as you go. TBH. I actually think it gets better as you go. I do. It, it, from the beginning to the end, it was like it just gets better, 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 better. Now the scenes still get a little funny and a little weird sometimes. Some of the writing, some of the dialogue is a little is a little awkward. But the actual substance of what's happening and the story developments, the character arcs and stuff, I actually think are pretty good. I think I think a lot of it's pretty good. So yeah, tomorrow we'll be talking about the nerfs. Um, it's 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 obviously going to be a pretty big subject. People are going to be pretty sore about some of it. Um, Devastators probably are not going to have a different experience. I know Devastators are getting kicked a lot right now. Um, that's not going to change just because they nerfed some abilities. Um, <laughs> they, they, need to, they need to maybe take a look at Devastators and what they could do to buff them up so they're not getting kicked so often. Because right now that's a, that's a huge dilemma. And nerfing, nerfing Techno and Trickster um, ain't going to change that. Uh, Johnny Returns says, cringe dialogue aside, I'm actually enjoying the story. I wouldn't give it any awards, but it's interesting enough to keep me interested. It's solid. Yep. Solid and gets the job done. It's all it really needs to do. It's all it really needs to do. Um, Devastator got nothing. Yeah. Got nothing. Like, I don't think the other classes are suddenly going to become less meta, I think people will just be annoyed. They'll probably still gravitate toward them, though. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, 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 they're going to be doing a community appreciation thing. That I like that. There's a handful of things uh, from their patch notes that I liked. Number one, I liked that they basically explained what in the world happened with the servers, because it was like, you guys had a month-long demo. How on earth did this happen? And they were like, here's how it happened. Here's the actual technical explanation of what in the world happened. 
I thought that was pretty big of them to do. We're going to give you the actual... We're going to give you the skinny here on what in the actual heck happened with this game. And I think that a lot of companies shy away from doing that. Um, And it makes sense on why they shy away from doing it. Because they... There's... It's... It can, it can sound like that they're making excuses, right? It can sound like that they're making excuses. And if, um, if you're, if, if you're not up on the tech lingo, uh, tech lingo, tech language or tech lingo, if you're not up on what they're talking about, it might just sound like, oh, they're just making a bunch of excuses. So a lot of the times companies do not like doing this. They do not like kind of coming down from the from the you know the, the, the sort of the they're back here they're kind of hidden they're not really down here talking to the public right they're not talking to the public and then all of a sudden they come down they want to talk a lot of times they want to avoid this kind of thing right they want to avoid this kind of thing they don't they don't want to um, they don't want to get they don't want to get down to the into the muck and the mire of it and to be quite honest, it, it it does. It makes sense. It's like, why would I why would I want to do that? Why would I want to talk to the public if they're going to feel like I'm just making excuses? If they're just going to tell us that you know, we're 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 excusing bad server performance or whatever? I actually thought the way they handled it was totally fine. It was like, no, this is what happened. We're going to actually explain to you what happened with this database and why we couldn't necessarily. Uh, scale for this. It wasn't about scale. It was about as soon as we hit high levels of activity, these particular databases failed, and here's the technical reason why. So, and again, a lot of the times they want to come down and give you like an explanation of what in the world's going on. They don't want to do it because, well, it just is going to sound like a lot of excuse making. So, Jade says the story was decent and had some nice twists but I couldn't get into any of the characters outside of Zahidi uh, not because he's a good character but when he uh, was gone for story reasons I couldn't upgrade my gear I felt that <laughs> uh, that's good that's good uh, I liked Yakum and August I, I thought those were the t- those were two really really good characters I liked what they did with uh with Jakob and August and that's not spoiler uh territory those are just names um I won't I won't go into any other detail uh Iron City said great uh say it like Tony the Tiger freaking great at tier 11 on expeditions got a banging trickster set nice 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 Christopher Wright said love the campaign it got much better as I got further along and took me about 40 hours completing everything uh that's a lot of time you know that's actually like a lot of time for a campaign i don't think people realize like we're talking about how it gets a little cringy at times or a little weird at times but truth be told truth be told it uh you know it it it's long for a campaign for a game like this it's long like that's that's a lot if you do all the side quests and the hunts and stuff you know if you leave it on auto world tier and you're leveling up and modding you know, you're you're going to be somewhere between I would think 20, 25 hours or higher, twenty five to thirty to maybe even forty. Now people are going quick, they're blistering it, they're lowering world tier, whatever. You know, they're they're hovering in the fifteen to twenty hours range. But if you really take your time and you mod and you do everything, every side quest, every mission, listen to the dialogue, listen to the cutscenes, there is a lot of love that they poured into this game. You know, 
a lot of love it'll take you a while to get everything done and i i think that's pretty impressive um given that it's a looter it's a looter shooter but like they said they wanted a complete package they they wanted the game uh to they wanted the game to to feature more than just like a live service come chase loot thing and i i think they did a pretty good job uh landing that as a as an objective Akuta Papa says, I think it's a good thing to see. The explanation of how the servers work is a good thing. The problem isn't necessarily devs or the servers. Sometimes it's a third party where something isn't configured or prepared properly. Right. A $20 tip through Super Chat from Max Level Dad says, for the content. Thank you very, very much, Max Level Dad, for the Super Chat. We might have to start using like a voice changer, like Super Chat. Make it sound like Combo Breaker. Um... I enjoyed the campaign a lot, but the cinematics where the camera is shaky was annoying. Yeah, you can turn the camera smoothing on, and it helps a little bit. It still is a little, like, bumpy. It's a still, I don't know. It, it's a little, it's still a little bumpy at times. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Iron Lord Reptar says, really enjoyable game. Wish the map was better. Soloing High World tier is a challenge for me being a devastator. I hear that the game isn't really built for uh, all solo play. If you're trying to play through everything solo, uh, I can't fault them for it not being amazing solo. It's not necessarily... You can, you can, but you have to understand, you're signing up for what I call solo aggro. You're the only thing that they can aggro in the funnel. You're the only thing that they're going to be able to shoot at, and that's 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 generally going to cause you uh, issues. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't think it's avoidable. I really, really don't. I, um, I think, I think at a, at a, at a very, a very, very ground level, you're, you're always going to have that. Um, I don't know. You're, you're always going to have this, uh, this, this, this feeling, I think of like, if you play by yourself, you're signing up for a unique challenge and kind of like the areas aren't built for it you know now I will say this I will say this I'm not going to beat them up for this but within the realm of combat a criticism that I do have is rank and file enemies just your basic enemies there's a lot of them there's a lot of them they have target acquisition and accuracy that I believe is overtuned as soon as you poke out getting shot almost instantly it's 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 really, really unnecessary. It's unnecessary. It doesn't need to be that extreme, okay? It doesn't need to be that extreme. Second, the way that the environments are built with self-healing, sometimes it's like, I have to move, and the fact that all your rank-and-file enemies, even if there's just three or four of them, if I'm splitting the aggro with my teammates, and there's just three or four guys that are going to shoot at me, their target acquisition is instantaneous. That needs toned down. And their accuracy, I think, needs toned down. It's a bit much. Yeah, snipers are rough. I, I think one thing that I have a problem with with snipers is it's basically like someone hits you with a wrecking ball. It's like there's this invisible wrecking ball that wham hits you. It's like you stun back. You can't go into cover. You go flying back. It's like, what did I What? Come on. What did I just get hit by? So... I think there's a handful of things that they could do to, it doesn't need to be made easier, but from an experiential standpoint, this all feels very unnecessary. 
I don't need to get shot the minute I come out of cover. I don't need the enemy to have perfect aim. And I don't need to have snipers hit me with an invisible wrecking ball. It feels extremely unnecessary. And it ends up, I think, just making for a bad experience for the player. It feels overbaked, overtuned. You know, it just feels like it's too much. So we are going to move on to the 10 minute talk. I'll give you a bunch of warnings before I get into spoilers. If you're listening to this recording of the poll somewhere else, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. In this episode, I'm going to be giving you my review of the Outriders campaign, and it will include some minor spoilers. So if you have not completed the campaign yet, do not watch this video until you have finished. If you are listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the other locations, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. SNTRlive.com will bring you to the YouTube channel where I do the live polls, responses, and back and forth with the chat. And when I record these videos, Now, I did something with the campaign that I know a lot of people either really thought was totally fine and they did it as well, and other people thought it was a bad idea. With respect, everybody can approach approach a game like this differently. And the way that I summarize it this morning is I don't like my food to touch. Uh, I like to play a campaign, get through it, get a grasp of the story and the ethos and sort of the trajectory. It's like a springboard. And then after that, I like to go back through and do the side quests, the side missions, and look into modding and investment paths and, and the loot cycle. And Outriders does something a little bit different than other games. In the middle of the campaign, right around the time you get to like world tier 6, 7, 8, and above, once you get a beyond like 7, 8, and you continue to go up, if you've left auto world tier on, you're going to want to start investing in modding and doing things like that to your gear, or you're going to sort of fall behind in power, Okay. I didn't want to mess around with that in the campaign. It felt a little convoluted because usually in a campaign, you're not investing in the gear. The gear is very throwaway. I'm going to talk about that in the last part of this video. So this video is going to be the good, the bad, and the absent. So I approached this game by lowering world tier, getting through the campaign so I could talk about it with you. And then we're going to be doing the modding, the crafting, the, the end game, and talking about that. We're also going to be talking about the nerfs that were just announced by People Can Fly. So the Outriders campaign is a bit of a roller coaster. Even after experiencing the prologue in the Outriders beta, the ups, the downs, the sudden deaths, it can give the player a bit of whiplash after a while. While I approached it in a slightly different way than others, I would wager to guess that a lot of players enjoy playing through a story quickly to see what happens, leaving the loot chase, modding, and the endgame for later. At a ground level, the campaign does its job, and it tells a unique story, even if some of the moments are a bit canned, cliche, uh, or even somewhat awkward and forced. Overall, I thought there was room for improvement with respect to world tiers, modding, crafting, and loot chase, and we will get into that. So first, let's just talk about the good. One of the best things about the campaign in Outriders is that it gets better with time. The prologue continues to be, in my opinion, a waste of capital. I get why it was sort of throwaway and kind of canned and and sort of campy, but it's really weak, and I think it hurts some of the late character developments because there are characters in the prologue that end up playing significant roles later in the game, and it's a bit of a bummer that that prologue is just so bad. It's, It's not very good. 
Uh, that's another surprising aspect to the Outriders campaign, uh, the characters. While some of the dialogue is awkward or forced, I genuinely enjoyed what happened with a handful of the characters, most notably Jakob and August. They were definitely high points in the storytelling for me. I thought that they brought something uh, special to the way that things developed, especially because Jakob is in the prologue, and he's very, very different uh, once you finally get back up with him after you come out of cryo. Now, lastly to me, and this is one of the more significant spoilers, the surprises and the turns of the story, I think were done quite well, because you think you know what's going to happen, or you have a general idea of what's out there, and then you find out about the storms, about the powers, and how people from Earth that you left behind actually managed to get there before you you're like humanity's last hope and people from Earth that you left behind beat you to the planet and they and they make a mess of things, right? And that's why all this stuff's going on. Like I thought that was like a really really cool kind of oh, no way. Like I thought that was a good moment. It was sort of unanticipated, and I thought that it led to led to some cool things. It was also a cool sort of meeting August and uh, you know the the indigenous species or people or persons or whatever that lived on the planet, and that could lead to some pretty cool things down the line with story developments or if they decide to do expansions or whatever. I thought all of these moments set the stage for more story development down the road. And I kind of liked how it ended. It, it, it sort of left things open, which was probably a very good choice. So that's the good about the campaign. It does its job. There are some high points. And the characters and the surprises, I think, are some of the shining moments. Now let's talk about the bad. Honestly, this part of my review hurts to write and say because it kind of hurts and undercuts the good parts of the campaign that I just outlined. The writing and the dialogue is honestly some of the most inconsistent campaign delivery I have ever seen. Uh, it felt like they had four different writers who took turns writing the scenes and the audio comms. It was like we had somebody who was good at writing mysterious sci-fi, we had somebody who was good at writing sort of like a TV sort of narrative drama dialogue, and then we had like the immature tough guy 13 year old who thinks that swear words are cool like it was really really inconsistent and I did not like how much it broke the immersion now I don't have a problem with swearing I watch plenty of movies with swearing I watch them all the time I swear in my personal life I I swore on the gaming channel for a while I don't have a problem with curse words I'm not like a 95 year old nun who bristles at at a bad word but the swearing is possibly some of the worst use of foul language in a game that I've ever played. You can watch a movie like Saving Private Ryan and other games or, or, or even television shows where swearing creates intensity and gravity and that just does not happen in this game. At times, it makes sense because of the severity of what's going on, but it is typically delivered in such a flat, non-emotive way that it feels insincere or forced. It's kind of like, why are you even saying that? You just, you, oh, we have to hit an F-bomb. It's been 30 seconds. The immersion for me was consistently broken by what felt like tough guy speech is what I call it. It's like a 13 year old learns a new swear word and then they use it all the time and they use it in ways that don't even make any sense. If you've ever seen footage of people who English isn't their first language and they're just saying swear words that they know, it starts to feel like that at certain points in this game. Lastly, the cutscene performance was either adequate or downright horrid okay strange camera performance facial animations that would break and twitch and character clothing stances and textures that would simply not perform properly it often felt like i was watching raw cutscenes with no post-production polish or finesse it really really hurt the storytelling for my clothing to be twitching and moving 
or for like blood textures to be just sort of weirdly flowing on someone's armor it didn't look like anything had had any post-production polish and it really hurt the storytelling and i was playing on the xbox series x i wasn't on pc i wasn't pushing performance and getting instability cameras were doing weird stuff and flipping around and moving and when a person would go to say something sometimes their mouth and their face would look super weird and twitch and act bizarre it's really really disappointing to see that because that the story got good at times. I was like, this is actually pretty interesting. This would actually make a pretty decent television show. It kind of reminded me of the 100 meets 28 days later meets, you know, Avatar. It was a really, really good, I think, blend of, of sci-fi and, and, and narrative and character development. And a lot of it, I think, just gets absolutely squandered and wasted in ways that weren't necessary. If I was one of the people that wrote some of the sci-fi and some of the character development, I'd probably be a little annoyed at the way that some of this stuff flowed and the way that some of this stuff went simply because it it, it, it ends up hurting what I think could have been a little bit more of a serious uh, and, and grandiose uh, story. It ends up feeling a little chintzy. But overall, again, I, I think the story was good. Now, Within the campaign, let's talk about the absent. Things that were totally absent from the campaign that I think are dramatically important, okay? Many have disagreed with me on this point, but when something is so central to the enjoyment, the progression, and sense of power in a game, it should be something the player is guided through, at least in an introductory way. Very generic text on the screen doesn't help, especially considering how many tips, how many pop-ups, and how many loading screens there are. You end up sort of getting like you know, tutorial or pop-up fatigue. You have to kind of walk a person through certain things so they experience it. You're just like, flash, here's a tip, flash, here's a tip, 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 to tip, to tip, tip. It's like, okay, enough. And you you kind of gloss over the text on screen. Self-healing and modding should have been more tutorial-driven. This is my opinion. I know some people don't agree with me. I don't think the absence of information and the absence of a tutorial is a feature. Uh, well, it's in the dial. You can go to these menus and read. I, I, you can't really... I don't think you can defend it just because you thought it was fine because you're the type of player that's hardcore and you went and read screens and you went and did research and you were on Reddit and YouTube. I think the average player needs this sort of to be put in front of them. By the time I got to the point where crafting and modding, I had the crafting and modding NPC was available, it felt really odd to be investing in and modding modifying loot that I was so regularly discarding and replacing. You're kind of throwing loot over your shoulder in games like this. And yet, this insanely effective and practical thing, it's required if you leave Auto World Tier leveling turned on, which it's on by default. So modding your gear, it's cheap, it's accessible, and it's ridiculously effective. And they say nothing about it. So leaving that out, that absence, I think, is a shortcoming. I think that would be better for players to know about it. Why? It's central to the game. It's it's a central piece. You do a tutorial, you learn how to dodge a charging bull. You learn how to take cover and shoot your gun. But you can't walk me through the three or four steps of modding my armor and showing me how effective and strong it is. It's like combos in Anthem. If you're going to break the norm, if you're going to make a system intrinsic to the experience and the campaign leveling process, you need to do more than splash a text box on the screen. The same thing happened with Anthem. The same thing. Combos combos were central to Anthem, and they said nothing about it. Well, there's guides and tutorials in the menus. It doesn't 
It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to go and read all that, okay? A very quick point-and-click guide on how cheap and effective modding and armor piece for abilities would have done wonders for me and many of the others who just dropped the world tier to enjoy late campaign around world tiers 8, 9, and above. I think this was an absent, this was an oversight. If you'd slow the game down and walk me through how self-healing works, slow the game down and make me click through and change some ability mods to show just how much stronger it makes me as a player, it would have gone significant lengths, I think, for making maybe the more casual, maybe more laid-back player understand such a massive, massive central piece of the game, as opposed to leaving it up to them to study. Having like a, a, a splash pop-up of text is not the same. As I've already stated, you get to a place in this game where you get pop-up tutorial tip fatigue, right? By the time I get to the NPC for modding, I had already clicked through so many screens and menus. And, the, and, and honestly, I think the loading screens play a part. You're constantly having to go up, hit a button, and wait for a loading screen. And, and then you got tips on the screen. You got a little bar spinning. It gets to a point where you just sort of gloss over the text. Again, the absence of a simple tutorial like this, I don't think is defensible because it wouldn't hurt your experience. It would only help the experience of other people's uh, that are playing the game. So that's my thoughts on the campaign in Outriders. Overall, good. There is some bad, and there's definitely some absences. As always, you can always catch me live doing these talks and back and forth at sntrlive.com.